You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. At the top of the hour this hour, Take Six and Manhattan Transfer hit the road. Fire up Mecca for Moderns and turn on the standard. Longtime legendary vocal groups Manhattan Transfer and Take Six are going on tour together. Last year, the two groups put together a handful of shows they called The Summit, and it was so popular that they decided to launch a full-blown tour. With October dates in the eastern and southern U.S., followed by November dates in the Midwest and Rocky Mountains, there's a full calendar ahead. These groups have over 70 years of performances and recordings, 20 or more Grammy Awards, and great stage presence, so it's a show worth seeing. Get the info at either the Manhattan Transfer or Take Six websites. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I am your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly radio show. Today, I am joined by one of my good buddies here from the lovely state of Colorado, Josh Colonieves. Hey, guys. So how badly did I butcher your name right there? Um, honestly, that was probably one of the better times. Yes. That I've heard it pronounced. So everybody, Josh and I <laughs> both go to Colorado State University. He is a senior. I am a grad student here. We're both choral music ed students. So we figured that would be something to kind of dive into this week and the kind of unique training we get and the perspectives we get, which might be different from someone coming in writing a cappella group who's maybe a music major in something else or maybe isn't even a music major. And we're both in very specific kind of roles in the in the community here. We're starting our own group uh, next semester, which is going to be awesome. And uh, so I just figured it'd be kind of fun to dig into that. So Josh, before we start talking about that, could you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your acapella career? Sure. Okay, so basically uh, I've been a singer since probably just like middle school. I started pretty late, um, but I joined a choir in middle school and – uh, I kind of liked it. I was like one of the the only guys that could actually make a decent sound in there, and so I figured I'd you know just like follow that through yeah. high school. Um, and uh, you know I worked my way up through the choirs throughout my freshman and sophomore year, and then my junior year I auditioned for the acapella group at my high school. It wasn't a very big high school uh, acapella program, mm-hmm. but uh, we had a, a mixed group, and then we had that group split off into a guys and a girls group. And uh, the guys group, it was five guys, and we – so it was a really lame name. We took we took our name from an episode of The Office. Uh, one Classic. of my friends was like, what if we called ourselves the Doremigos? Because it's like Spanish, Amigos, Doremi, <laughs> music, and it's from The Office. And we were like, that's stupid. And then we just like started joking around with it. Yeah, but and then it, it just kind of stuck. stuck. Um, and, uh, you know, the name sucked. We weren't great either. <laughs> but we were guys that could sing in my high school. And that's all you need. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's my personal experience. But anyway, um, so that's kind of what really gave me that passion for music. Because, like, you mm-hmm. know, I was going through choir or whatever. It was just kind of a side thing. But that was the thing that was like, ah, music. I want to do that for a Ever. long time. Yeah. And then after my junior year, some of the seniors graduated. And I had to start the, another group up from the uh, ground up my, my senior year. And so I led a group of seven guys and we weren't, uh, I had to learn a lot about time management. I had to learn a lot about, um, how to be, um, a good director of a group Mm -hmm. because I was way too lenient and we didn't get like anything done. We maybe performed 
three songs total for mm-hmm. the entire year. It was like, they were okay. They were okay arrangements. I did all the arrangements myself. I didn't use any sort of notation. I just kind of You didn't use notation all. at all? You just taught it by rote? No, nothing. I just oh, taught wow. it by rote. Um, because, well, so the funny thing, so I, I'm an excellent music reader at this point in my college career because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd hope so. I'm a senior doing music ed. Um, <laughs> but in my high school days, I could not read music. I just couldn't. I hardly mm-hmm. understood a key signature. I could hardly tell you what the notes were on a, on the treble clef, uh, on a staff. And, um, yeah, so I, I didn't even touch any of that when I was teaching, um, parts. So yeah, that was kind of that. But when I got to uh, college, when I did my orientation here at CSU, one of the orientation leaders over the summer, he was a member of one of CSU's groups, the ramblings. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, uh, I auditioned, I wanted to sing tenor cause I sing tenor. Um, but they didn't have room for a tenor, but they did have room for a vocal percussionist. And that's what I did. And that was my first year of acapella at CSU. And it was really awesome. I fell in love with all of that. And like them actually having a legit music director with like a keyboard and sheet music. It was really yeah, cool. Man. Good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's where it's at. Um, and you're in a different group yeah. now though, aren't you? I am in a different group now. Yes, I was about to get to that. So my second year of the Ramblings, we had we went under different direction because um, our old music director had graduated. And he was a really great music director. He was on top of his stuff. Uh, he was an excellent uh, pianist. He really knew how to listen for important things. But uh, our music director my second year, he wasn't quite used to all of that. And our sound kind of just suffered because of it. He didn't like run the group into the ground, but he definitely – uh, set us back a bit that year. And I just like, I stopped enjoying, uh, some of the people in the group. Uh, I stopped enjoying the songs that we kept bringing back. And I was just like, I'm getting, dude, I think the sign of a group that's not that great is if you like do this, all the old songs or only wait like two years in between repeating it. So like half the members still know it, that that can be a dangerous sign. I agree. Yeah, seriously. Um, like, and in my opinion, some of the songs that we kept bringing back just like weren't all that fun or entertaining. And I'm uh-huh. like, why are we doing this? I don't want to do that. Um, but then the my junior year, so the year after that, um, I helped out. My, my roommate, his name's Skyler. He, he was the music director for another group at CSU called Basic. And uh, sorry if you hate musical puns for names. That was the focus but, uh, of last episode. So uh-huh. oh, I'll send that to oh, you. You can me. hear my rants about it. I came a little bit more to center. I'm not as anti-pun. Okay. But overall, Good. I still don't like them. No, I, I get it. And, you know, they can be a little much. Basic is, I don't know. It's I, It took a little while for the, the name to, like, grow on me because, one, what does basic even mean? Like, uh, lame. You know, single, lame. First simple. stage Pokemon. They have, they have not evolved. Yes. That's that is um, so yeah it sounds like basic's been a more successful and engaging acapella experience um and you're the musical director now correct i am so um what happened well okay let, let me go back a little bit okay. to explain how i ended up in basic so All right, hit us. um uh so skyler he asked me to help out with their callback night mm-hmm. to just like help them listen for uh things to um you know decide on who to yeah. bring into the group um, and I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything tonight. I can help out. And I was helping out and, uh, I don't know, everyone in the group just like, you know, really clicked with me. 
Mm. And it just like seemed like everyone was having so, so much fun, which was just like a factor that was disappearing from the ramblings. I don't know. I was just like, crap, this really clicks with me. And I was talking to Skylar um, after the callbacks and uh, I was like, you know, really saying like, I'm really debating leaving this group. Do you think that you guys would take me if I left? And he was like, Josh, you know that we would take you because we could really use you as an asset for the group. And, and he was like, you know, and I'm leaving next year. So I know that you wanted to be a music director for, for the ramblings in the next coming year. Uh, you could still do that for basic. And I was like, well, shoot, that's there you go. pretty much all you needed to tell me. And so, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up in basic and it was a good time. It was a, a good group. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was definitely more engaging for me mm-hmm. personally just for my personality and my tastes. Absolutely. And I think the idea of we've talked on previous episodes about like the tricky place of like leaving a group for another group. It's usually just a matter of clicking. And if the group's not going in the direction you want, you're not going to naturally, you're just not going to contribute as much just based on like, you're not going to give that extra 10% or whatever, just because you don't have to drive for it. But, uh, and and I think that really ties in well, because you're talking about being a music director and, you know, the choral music education major, those are the people I found who are usually musical directors for acapella groups or founders for acapella groups. And I know, um, you know, we were talking about learning how to like learning how to run a musical rehearsal and just also train your ears mm-hmm. for like hearing if notes are right, hearing if notes are wrong, if something's in tune or if it's flats out of um, key, stuff like that. And just getting like quote unquote teaching experience, you know, being an acapella group, really hones those skills because i think it's really easy for us to think about like look i learned all these things in choral music ed classes and i bring them to my acapella group and that's totally true but i think it's really cool that i've found like i've grown the most as a musician and as just like developing my skills at teaching and directing and stuff in my acapella groups because it's it's something you it's it's literally what a director would do i mean not exactly because you're singing in it but i think that's super important that we recognize that it's beneficial for both groups so i'm curious like what you feel having these two musical experiences one in acapella one in choral and what and you know trying to become a choral director and build those skills i'm wondering what you have seen as the overlap and how the the kind of symbiotic relationship and how they help each other well okay so it's funny it really does go hand in hand with helping like you know it being a music educator kind of scratches the back of being a, an acapella music director and yeah. vice versa. One thing that is really awesome for people who are trying to aspire to become music educators is that all the techniques that that like that I've been learning in choral methods or just all of my the other classes that I've been taking for the past three years of my undergrad here have really been just kind of like sitting in my head and I haven't really yeah. had all the opportunities to put them out in practice on the, in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, like, Obviously, my classes are giving me opportunities to go out there to middle schools, to high like schools. But it's not like you don't do full-on student teaching till uh, th- this next fall when you have the full semester mm-hmm. of that. And yeah. you guys have like little practicums and stuff and you go out and work at schools, but you don't get right. regular time like every week or consistently to practice your uh, your choral methods essentially. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, uh, this semester I'm taking EDUC 350-386. It's where I'm doing a uh, practicum out in a middle school. Um, and I'm, I'm out at that middle school for like three hours. And uh, we have a meeting with just the class of, of all mm-hmm. of my colleagues. And we talk about different classroom management things, different uh, philosophy kind of stuff. And then we spend uh, like an hour or so in a classroom. 
yeah. uh, doing to come. And I'm in there in a band classroom right now. Uh, unfortunately, not a choir classroom. Um, mm-hmm. But I, what I do mostly in there is actually observe. I'm like, I'll go up and yeah. lead a warm up or like an exercise, and then I'll sit back down. That's sort of similar to my undergrad because if you're having time each week to sit in a classroom and talk about classroom techniques, that's awesome. But if you're not using them like on a regular basis, you're only getting like a small window of opportunity to use that. Observing can be fun, but I think there's definitely a threshold where it's like, okay, I just need to do things now. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's it's really cool uh, being being the director of something like an acapella group because one, like I, you know, I'm going to say this is you know it'll be pretty blunt, but it just it's not as important as if you are out there uh, teaching for your job and you're getting paid. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not getting paid anything for being the director of basic. <laughs> Um, no, but you know, I'm doing it voluntarily. Uh, it's out of my own free time. It's my own commitment to this Mm -hmm. group, but because I'm also, I, you know, at the beginning of, of this past year, I made sure to establish at our first rehearsal that I don't want it to be like teacher student relations. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not your guys' teacher. Uh, I am a music education major, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to go all teacher mode on you guys. Like, yes, I'll use some techniques, some strategies that I've been learning and try to incorporate them because this is a rehearsal. I'm running a, a sectional basically mm-hmm. every single, you know, twice a week. Um, but I'm not your teacher. And so because of that, I can, I can feel free to experiment and, you know, just try various things, uh, without necessarily getting all the backlash such as like getting fired. Yeah. Um, and it's like, not as high stakes. Ex- exactly. Not as high stakes. That's uh, a much better. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's accurate. Cause we're in, you know, when we go out to practicums, we work at schools or whatever, it's all like, okay, what perfecting every little thing about your teaching, there's not as much experimenting you can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, in that acapella group, like everyone I I'd want, I always make sure to have everyone realize that, you know, I am just another student. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just another member of the group. Like, yes, I'm the director. That's what I've been appointed to. I'm the one arranging everything. I'm the one leading the rehearsals. But like, in the end, I'm still just a member of the group. And like, yes, I will try, like I said, I'll try various things, but that doesn't mean that I am like this, like super overpowering authoritarian figure. You're not a God. I'm not a God. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Which I, Uh, I, but I think that makes a lot of sense. And I've seen both approaches. My group, uh, the Timbermen at Puget Sound, when we first started, we were all music majors. So there was no director. I would like help choose songs. um, But how it kind of worked was each uh, member kind of served as the director on their own song. A lot of the times, like if someone's like, Hey, I picked this, this, I kind of, I know the song really well. I know the aesthetic. So maybe they'd kind of take the lead, but overall mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really good point. Cause I think um, that's one way to do it. But another way to do it is like you said, I think it's really easy for choral music ed students to be like, okay, I'm choral music ed. Like then maybe they just sit behind the piano and they think of it like a classroom in that mm-hmm. one can create kind of an antagonistic, relationship if you're just like correcting them the whole time and you also like it doesn't feel like you're part of the group if you're just kind of directing them and also it's you know it's kind of a power dynamic thing because you're both you're all students like you said and if you like don't sing with the group and just try and correct them as a director you i think you kind of isolate yourself and it's not as Mm -hmm. healthy or as fruitful of a music environment yeah you know it's it's interesting um you know, because I've I've had a few different directors above me in the past in in these various groups, um, and none of those directors have had that music education experience, except for the mm. first guy. 
my first year of the Ramblies, which might, you know, whoa, there's a pattern. Um, <laughs> you know, right? Um, but like, I'm not saying that someone who isn't studying this stuff can't do a good job. That's not at all what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. However, you know, a lot of times when people are like, oh, okay, I'm the music director, they, they think like, I'm the one just running the rehearsal. I am plunking out notes for those who need it. I am making sure that we run everything that we need to. And that's it. That's my job. Yeah. But it, it really it's so much more than that because you're the person that's running the rehearsal. You're doing the most talking you're doing, you know, you're, you're directing the entire rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You're also creating the atmosphere, yep. you know, of every single rehearsal. And that is by far the most important thing. Rehearsal dynamics, that. dude. It's uh-huh. huge, 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 yeah. huge. Yeah. And, um, uh, let's see what, one of the best rehearsals that we've had this year in basic. Um, we firstly, uh, auditioned something for, for a solo, and one of the songs that we had been working on for a while now. And then we looked back at a song that I had just uh, started to teach uh, in a previous rehearsal. And during this portion, it was like maybe the last 30 minutes of the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, were, we just ran through it, and, like ran through like half of it. And I stopped and I said, raise your hand if you can tell me something that you liked about that. Mm-hmm. And then like some people, you know, like maybe five or six people raised their hands and I heard all of them and they got to say what they wanted to say. And then I said, raise your hand if you can tell me something that you think we can improve on for the next month or two. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people raised their hands. And, uh, and then we ran through it again and then I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, raise your hand if you can tell me something that happened differently or whatever. And then I would also throw in my own comments. Yeah. And then after that, um, our third run through, I was like, we, you know, we were running out of time. So I was like, I want to just say something. I want to say that yeah. I really liked how we fixed pretty much all the problems that we had about 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. That was very impressive. I love the fact that you all were able to stay focused through the last 30 minutes of this rehearsal. And that makes me a very proud director. Thank you all for a good night. Mm-hmm. And then you know, just, and the end of rehearsal. And I felt like that went really well. Uh, we made a lot of, we, you know, we covered a lot of ground. As I was packing up my stuff, one of the bases, his name's Alex, um, he came up to me, he shook my hand and he was like, I just wanted to say that I'm very honored to be in your group. The way that you handle Aww. every single rehearsal is just really inspiring to me and it makes me want to be a leader in my mm. life too. And he was like, the, especially the way that you handle the last 30 minutes of that rehearsal, that you know, no one, you, you don't have to tell us what we did right. You know, a lot of directors would just try to say, um, you guys should do this better or do this better yeah. or do that better. And he was like, the way that you just completely acquitted us um, with all the things that we we're doing right and like heard our opinions, you know, that was so important to me and that made us all really feel good about ourselves. And I think that you're the reason that this uh, group is as exciting as it is right now is because mm-hmm. of the way that you're running all these rehearsals. And I was like, dang, this really is like the most important part mm-hmm. of this because you, so my second year in the ramblings, um, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be saying like some negative stuff, but I, I really don't have any beef with the ramblings. It's all right. At all. Um, because, uh, you know, they're, they're honestly really great. And that's where, that's where I had my start here at CSU. But, um, we had a lot of really great singers, a lot of talent in the group, but just because the, the atmosphere wasn't set properly, um, the director wasn't completely on top of all of his stuff. It just really wasn't working out that second yeah. year. Um, and this year we have a lot of talent in basic and I'm, I'm doing my best to keep up with that and, to make sure that every everyone's voice is being heard, and I think that that is ultimately what is making this group so successful right now. And I would, I think that's a really good point about uh, asking them for their thoughts, um, because you know we we're again we were talking about this in uh, choir class is 
for choral musicians, the kind of uh, approach they take a lot is they just sing and then they wait to be corrected. Like they're just like, tell me what mm-hmm. to do, director. And they don't have as great a sense of agency, I feel, over, like compared to uh, other musical ensembles, just I, for whatever reason. It, I think it's just ingrained in the culture of, yeah, we just, we kind of wait to be told what to do, um, which can be, you know, a good thing when trying to just like, okay, this has to happen. Here we go. But yeah. Uh, I think it's so much better when you have a bunch of voices being like critical musicians and thinking about what they're doing and how it's working uh, and the overall musical direction of the piece rather than just one person's vision. Obviously, you want to have a unified idea of where you're going with the song, but when everyone takes a part in the critiquing process in a positive way, like way better of a dynamic. And I think they also feel that their opinion's worth something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. So we're going to take a break and we're going to listen to uh, one of my favorite tunes this week. I'm going to choose some of the songs. This is like the real first acapella group song I ever did. It's Gravity performed by Sarah Bareilles and UCLA Awaken Acapella. We're going to take a listen to that and we're going to be right back. Something always brings me back to you It never takes too long No matter what I say or do I still feel you here Till the moment I'm gone You hold me Keeping me down 
Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. And welcome back to Acapella. So, Josh, we were talking a lot about choral methods and how they relate to acapella and vice versa. So, I'm wondering further because this is clearly a bit of a goldmine for us in regards to training ourselves and. Uh, running groups and how to be good musical directors, obviously. I'm wondering what else uh, other thoughts you have on this, because clearly there's a lot to talk about, because choir's been around a long time, apparently, and people have been trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out how to do it well. Yeah, at least for a while. Um, yeah, no, I, I have a few other thoughts. Um, yeah, what I was, I think what I was going to say before we, we went on that break um, was I was going to talk about how um, people who are studying choral education, they already have like all of the stage fright, all the jitters, like out of the mm-hmm. way as far as like being in front of an ensemble and, and teaching an ensemble. Okay. And, yeah. Um, the, those of us that have already had that experience, you know, we're not scared of like, Oh my God, the group's getting out of control. They're talking a lot. Like we're just like, we know how to bring it back, you know? Yeah. Um, deer in the headlights one of the thing issues, is real. With yeah. Teachers. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and like I've experienced that a lot, oh, yeah. but that, was, we all that was like years ago. Um, I'm really good uh, now you guys. I'm I'm awesome. I swear. I promise. Um, but anyway, um, one of the problems with uh, last year's group in basic was um, our director. He just I don't know. He he wasn't able to handle some of that well uh, mm-hmm. as far as like people talking out of turn or like being able to bring it back. Yeah. And it's you know it's nothing on him. But uh, if you're not able to do that, then sometimes you just one you lose a lot of valuable time. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, you start to think that you are losing respect. Um, which and that's usually just, what sometimes it can be, but usually it's just people want to talk and it's usually it's not a direct like condemnation yeah. of you, but that's how we take yeah. it as teachers. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, one of the, one of the most important things as far as like this, uh, you know, as far as like behavior in rehearsals, and this is something that we talked about in Coral Methods, you know, mm-hmm. we'll keep referencing this class. Dude, our teacher is going to be so impressed. Yeah. Until our, our, you know, until the days that we die. But, um, <laughs> It's it's all about the the way that you set expectations uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning. When when I had uh, with with our first rehearsal, I made sure that you know, I, like I said, uh, we're all equal, blah blah this that that. But like one of the most important things that I said was the most important thing that I care about is respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said um, that it, it's very detrimental to a group when people uh, talk about other people behind their backs. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh, that's yeah. like that's a huge thing that was a big thing that was actually another reason why i left the group that i left and joined yeah. um, but um that's that's really important and i basically i uh what i said uh i think pretty much word for word was if you're going to complain to someone complain to me like if you have mm-hmm. a problem with yeah. the way that i'm directing this rehearsal uh then talk to me don't don't talk to your friend open forum open door policy yeah yeah exactly like 
if you have a problem with the way that that guy's singing, talk to him. Don't talk to your friend. Talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a problem with yeah. the way, whatever. And I was like, if you uh, are here and you are wanting to talk behind people's backs and hurt people's feelings, then I'm sorry, you don't have a place in this group. Like I have zero tolerance for it. Yep, we actually I, had I, we had an episode on that all about the. And that's how how big is basic? Are you guys 16, 15? 15. 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's a re- I think that can be a real problem in um lar- a, more common in larger groups than in small groups because in small groups we I mean I did a whole episode on this last week but you have to like get along and jive with people well and it's hard mm-hmm. there's literally less people to talk bad about and stuff like that but in a big group it, I mean it's the same with I think a small classroom if you're teaching a small class of students mm-hmm. they're they have to kind of bond to survive they're more likely to talk to the person next to them even if they're not their favorite yep. just because they want to talk to them and there's I yeah. think that's an easier environment to control but a bigger one it's there's more x factors I think you're totally right with that yeah and like um, uh, another thing is one thing that I talked about that first rehearsal as well was um, I explained kind of what the situation was last semester uh, mm-hmm. with last year's group. And I was like, one of the big things that like sort of tore us apart towards the end there was uh, the group sort of lost respect for the director. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's I understand when um, when the director is constantly saying, like, guys, please stop, like, stop talking, stop talking, shut up, stop. We need to keep singing. Like, that's annoying. When you're a part of the ensemble, when you're a part of the group, then, like, it's kind of like, oh, well, why are you, like, totally killing my vibe? It's that like, power dynamic again. It's the power yeah. dynamic. And um, one of the things that I said, and, you know, I say a lot of these things, like, I don't I don't want it to sound like, I'm like, this is the way. This is it. No, but this, this is, is, the, way this is the way you've learned it. So, And that's, yeah. You know, and so that. far, it's going great. I, I don't know how it'll be in the long run, but I, I think it'll be okay, at least. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what, I, what I said was, I want this to be a group about, making music and having fun but firstly making music like i don't want this to just be a group where you come here to socialize if you yeah. wanted to just socialize in a group, group you could join any other mm-hmm. organization you could literally just like hang out with friends like that's not what this is that's like what, this you is can about do that? making music yeah I, I know right crazy friends <laughs> what um but i was like this is about making music first uh and i want us all to like each other because i want i want it to feel like a family but i want it to be about making music and yep. because of that i i want to respect your guys' time i want to make sure that we are able to start on time end on time uh with you know yep. obviously if someone's running late things happen life happens whatever um i want us to be able to have open lines of communication like if something's coming up like oh i'm feeling sick like i won't be singing tonight like blah blah, blah whatever um, I want us to make sure that we're respecting each other. But also, if I come into a rehearsal and I spent eight hours on this arrangement, on this killer arrangement that I want us to sing and just yep. like destroy uh, <laughs> with like how good we sound on it. Yeah. And and I bring it into this rehearsal and no one is listening to me and I can't even pl- like play a note on the piano without being talked over. Like, Oof. no, sorry. That's like that's – you guys are disrespecting me and my time and the amount of work that I just put into this. Exactly. And it's got it's to gotta go both ways. Um like if you have a problem with a way that the director is handling that, then you just need you need to say it. And and mm-hmm. if I have a problem with it, then I will say it to you as well. And that's I don't know. It's just got to be open lines of communication. Respect is a two way street. These are all really just important things to establish. And I think yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense in regards to um, and again we talk about this all the time. Uh, setting expectations at the beginning of the year, like these. This mm-hmm. is just how we are going to like maintain a healthy environment that can be fun and sociable but focused on music but still like an enjoyable Mm -hmm. one to be in and if you set those at the beginning of the year 
then it's way easier to handle issues as they come up. Like, hey, man, we all said we weren't going to like talk over each other. Or we're not going to talk over the director when, or we're not going to talk when someone else is going over the part. We established that at the beginning of the year and you are now in violation of that rather than not having expectations and just hoping that everybody like will be respectful. And I'm, I rarely do I feel like people are just like blatantly trying to like be mean um, yeah. people, um, but it's, you just have to establish expectations and, and, you know, you can involve the group members in that too. Like, what do we want to accomplish this year? What do we think, uh, how do we want rehearsals to run? And, you know, especially if you do that before you actually start doing the music, then I think you eliminate a lot of stress and people, I think are a little more open-minded. They're like, oh yeah, I shouldn't talk over the director or whatever. So yeah, I agree to that. And if you establish yeah. that early on, you're just setting yourself up for a much easier, uh, route to resolving conflicts later on in the year. Yeah. And I think another like overarching uh, theme behind all that, an overarching ideal is not only setting expectations, but making sure that there's a purpose behind yeah. um, every like disciplinary uh, quote yeah. unquote. We were talking about action. that again this week. Like why mm-hmm. you, if you're running a piece again, or if you're doing a phrase, what is the reason behind it? If you are disciplining mm-hmm. someone or if you are having like, uh, or not displaying, but if you have an expectation for the group that you set up, make sure there's a reason and not just like because this is how it's done like or like tradition make sure it has like a root in like what how it affects the group yeah yeah exactly or like if i'm if it's like coming down to like the last 20 minutes of a rehearsal and everyone is like tired and they're just like talking a lot and i say like guys stop talking and then like go back to trying to rehearse that's not gonna work it's just not going to work uh um one they're probably not gonna hear me uh, but two, they're just going to ignore it. Like, mm-hmm. even if they did hear me. Conversely, if I say, hey, also, I know that there's only 20 minutes left in rehearsal. I know that, you know, I can mm-hmm. tell that, you know, we've all been working really hard. However, with these last 20 minutes, I really just want to run these last four pages yeah. and just really focus and get this done because I think that we're so close to having this piece prepared. Yeah. Like, that, I've, I've already used that line. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, you're it's telling them. I have up here. You're telling them it's because you want the piece prepared, not because, because like, if you just say, just stop like stop talking then it just comes across as like oh josh is just annoyed we're talking but it's like Mm -hmm. no it's coming from a it's not coming from a place of josh doesn't um josh doesn't like how i sound or josh doesn't like that i'm talking it comes from a place Mm -hmm. of let's make music and when you give them that reasoning behind that i think i I totally agree it just the whole thing flows so much easier Mm -hmm. but you know and um so, uh, not not really switching uh, topics here, but like sort of going off on a bit of a tangent. Yeah, uh, another, Love tangents here that, at Tacapella. Yeah, tangents are great. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, um, Coral Educators, we kind of have uh, an advantage also because, like, like I said before, the whole uh, being able to bring things back after letting them go, like loosening up the reins and then tightening up the reins. Um, one of the things that I've been doing my very best to uh, keep watchful for for myself, for my own behavior in, in rehearsal, is being able to laugh along with the group if something funny happens. Mm-hmm. Or if like someone says something, you know, there's nothing wrong with like going off a little bit to make a comment on it. Or just like, yeah. you know, just oh, talk yeah. about something random. As long as you can like bring it back. Because a lot of times when, when a, you can tell when a director is like fed up with a group. Because yeah. anytime something like happens, they'll just like, no. Yeah. No. Bring it back. Yeah. Like, no, it's okay. Like, as long as long as you get stuff like what you need done in your rehearsal, yeah, it's okay to have some fun. You yeah. can have a lot of fun, honestly. Like right now, we uh, basic has learned uh, five arrangements. No, four arrangements, um, which is pretty good for only being running for like I think three weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I mean, I don't know. We, we, we've laughed a lot. We've had yeah. just like cases of the giggles and just being slap happy. Like I think, I think the, this past Wednesday rehearsal, I like could not stop laughing at every mm-hmm. little thing, mm-hmm. but we still learned an entire arrangement Yeah, at night in an hour and a half. And that just shows you like if you if you have the right the right ideas for what to work, the right amount of focus, the ability to bring a group back, there's nothing wrong with having fun in a rehearsal. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the funnest times I had in my undergrad, the most fun times were definitely in my rehearsals with Timberman, just in like ongoing inside jokes and stuff like that. And if you create an environment where it's clear that the expectation is like we work hard and we make music, then the fun is not gonna like be a bad thing because they've already people have already understand you know this is a high working a high focus like hard working environment and if the fun happens that's okay because it doesn't like invalidate the atmosphere and level of work ethic you've established in the group's culture it's just like mm-hmm. oh we're just having fun right now and that's and that can be really necessary yeah. when like things are really tough i know that um yeah th- i totally agree that you can't just run it like like a dictatorship you can't be all authoritarian yeah. and, and crack the whip because then it doesn't because i mean acapella groups kind of at their core it's you don't just practice in a room to not perform it for people you want to go out yeah. and it's a big part of the like college social scene and so th- i think it's really counterintuitive when there's like no socializing or no like lightheartedness in a rehearsal because that's really exactly. counterintuitive at least to what i believe is a big core of acapella groups yeah exactly because it's funny because like um, well, when I was getting into music still like back in high school, I saw choir as being the whole like we're just making music. It's a class, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then, and then I saw acapella as we're making music and having like stupid amounts of fun mm-hmm. just like being like interacting with each other and just like making jokes, like talking about these weird inside jokes and just like doing that. So like it should be about fun. Like that's – if we're talking about like the tradition of acapella music and music making, it is about fun. Yeah. It's about entertainment and it means that you got to entertain yourself too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that's I think that's a really good point about, you know, it's and I've said this a lot before. It's it one's a classroom environment and one is a, is a social environment that is being brought that is being kind of pushed or shaped into a rehearsal environment. It's you're not mm-hmm. in a classroom where there's a set amount of time to get a certain amount of things done and there's an agenda and there's like all these specific things. Those levels of professionalism are really great when they are included and used right, but like neither you and I are neither you or me are licensed teachers right now. And when we go to our Mm -hmm. acapella groups, we are not, we are not getting paid like you said, and we're not running a classroom. And I think, uh, acapella directors need to, and and I overall think a lot of acapella directors do, but, uh, it's important to acknowledge that, okay, you're in charge. What does that mean? Okay. It says on the clubs like page that you are the president. Okay. You do not, but you are not being, paid you are not like hired into this position it's not professional you can learn a lot of professional things but this is a situation where you're both everyone is a student and you can't just treat it like an orchestra rehearsal um orchestra rehearsal at like the met or not the met like the met orchestra or something um Mm -hmm. where it's like or you know have you seen the movie um whiplash uh no i haven't oh well that's disgusting basically just small tangent. I mean, J.K. Simmons play and Miles Teller in it. And it's he's just like a jazz yeah. uh, teacher who's just like runs his rehearsals with just like an ironed fist. And it's really like really authoritarian. And I just like when I saw that, I was like acapella is like the farthest thing from that. It's it's about mm-hmm. 
fun and lightheartedness. Cool. And you got to keep that in the rehearsal process for that to come through in the performance. Yeah. And you know, I think that another thing that really um, can like tell the difference between a, a director who knows their stuff or whatnot is just honestly the amount of planning that goes mm-hmm. behind um, like n- not like a curriculum per se, yeah. because like you don't want to get into teacher land, but like just your plan for the entire semester, for the entire yeah. year. Like what, when I, like I, I have a written out plan uh, yeah. for the semester as far as like what I want by this time, you know? Um, but like I also, it, with this plan, I, I wrote in some elbow room moments where I, um, you know, it, even if something doesn't go quite as planned uh, in yeah. a rehearsal, like if I have to cancel, like, one rehearsal or like just people don't show up and whatever, then it's okay. Like I can still pick up and, and keep moving. And the people that freak out in while they're directing a rehearsal are the, you know, other people that are like, crap, we're not getting all the stuff that we need to have done. And wow, this is not, uh, it's not done in time. If, but like, yeah. If you don't have like a contingency plan or just yeah. like a flow. Okay. Well, let's say we planned out to be at, we were planned to do this uh, performance in two weeks oh, well, looks like um, we might not be ready for that because we either didn't have sectional soon enough or, mm-hmm. oh, wait, they actually have another, they're doing the same event two weeks after that. So we, and because I looked ahead and because I found out what I could about this event and how it would relate to our schedules and us, um, I understand how we can interact and perform there because I did the research. I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like uh, with BASIC this year or this semester, rather, um, I discussed with the group uh, talking about all the music that we're going to be trying to do. And we're looking to try to have maybe 11 or 12 yeah. pieces for our uh, semester showcase. And mm-hmm. uh, whether or not that's still a possibility is still up for grabs. However, there's been a, an opportunity where um, I was contacted by someone in the Ramblings and they're like, we want to do a joint show, uh, showcase with the three acapella groups here on campus. And that means, you know, we would all like have to share time. And I'm like, well, maybe that could be better for the group so that we learn that's... less music and focus more or whatever. You know, it is just... And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously that's not um, set in stone yet, but it's like you got to be able to be flexible as yeah. a director. Yeah, as, it's not just, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to, you're running an organization. So we're going to take uh, one more quick break here. We're going to listen to a tune called Sheep. It's an original song by the group Forte, and we're going to be right back. you 
clouds reach grassy heights, some mountain tops and soaring kites. I think our time is wearing thin. Listening to community supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. And we are back here on Tacapella. I'm John Lampus with my good buddy Josh Kolonievis. And uh, I'm pretty good at pronouncing that now, I think. I'm like, yeah, no, kicking, you're I'm kicking butt. I, maybe I just practiced it secretly for like hours before this, just so I could casually play it off as like, oh yeah, I'm just really good at pronouncing it. I'm, I feel like you saying that right now means that that's definitely what happened. So, <laughs> if cool, I had that good of time management skills, then maybe. So we've been talking a lot about um, choral methods and pedagogy and stuff as it relates to acapella. And I think, you know, one of the key things that you cannot talk about, you know, that I think is actually a lot of, students especially freshmen's first experience with acapella is when you get to you know wherever you're going to college you audition for the group like that is i think that's one of my earliest acapella memories i had never really been in a real acapella group i'd been in a choir that would do pop songs but i remember the like okay what is my first step into the world of acapella it's auditioning and it's getting in there and kind of taking your first step into a um, much larger world and it's you know i think as you know aspire as acapella directors and aspiring uh, choral directors that is that's also a huge part of our program or our future hypothetical programs if we get hired um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so i just think it's worth talking about so josh i'm curious what's your kind of perspective because i had a way i did auditions pretty i only ran two sessions of auditions and then i kind of helped monitor the third one um and then i also okay. selected members but that's when i first did my group but i've only really had two real audition experiences. So as in like me listening to auditionees. So I'm curious what your experience has been with that and just kind of your kind of view of it. Okay. Uh, Well, so my philosophy on doing auditions for an alcohol group, um, and uh, I I say this only having like actually led uh, auditions once, and that was Mm -hmm. for this past year for basic. And I was like, I was doing all the talking, I was in charge of deciding what to do, and I was like playing the piano. I was doing what, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, other times, I had just been observing. But my philosophy is kind of the idea of less is more mm-hmm. uh, when it's auditions. Like a lot of people, like a big mistake is a lot of people try to jam pack way too much. Yeah, and, that can and, be like, at, at least the first audition phase, and you just you just don't need that much. There's there's a lot that you can just gain as like if you've got the ear for it there's a lot that you can gain just from even doing like a simple scalar warm-up dude that's uh, for for us usually even though we're only five people usually for me if they could sing like a scale in tune them doing the scales i actually usually valued more than their solo songs a lot of the time Mm -hmm. because it showed can they match pitch on a piano can they sing in tune with a piano that shows their musicianship as well as their voice yeah, so like what I did uh, just this past year, um, so obviously I had them start off with uh, a verse and a chorus of like whatever mm-hmm. song that they want. Yep. Um, I And then I had them do, I, I vocalized them. Yep. I went up and down the keyboard 
Um, and I changed the ranges up depending on yeah. uh, their voice type or who, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they said. Um, and then I did, uh, I did oral recall where I just like mm-hmm. played, you know, th- uh, three notes and then had them sing it back. And yeah. that was, that was actually all I did. However, within those three things for when I was doing the vocalizing, what I would do is I would play, I would just go, ah, bum, bum, yep, ah, just easy, simple. Anyone yep. can do it. And I just told them, pick whatever syllable, neutral vowel, whatever you want. Ooh, that's a good idea. Okay. So they can kind of show off what they know, even though they do that on the soul. But that, that's a good point, letting them choose. Ooh, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. But, um, but then also what I did was I, I told them, I'm going to play with you the first two or three times mm. and then after this i'm going to play the chord and i want and you to keep singing yeah and you check their intonation this this was actually a make or break thing for a lot of the people that came to audition i can believe that because they're not mm-hmm. used to that i remember when we did choir auditions this year like i'm used to them always playing along and it wasn't uh, when i i didn't struggle with it in a sense but it and i kept them in tune the notes in tune when the piano went away but it was just like i was not used to that just happening guard. and you're just like yeah you're kind of you get nervous and your voice kind of you your voice changes a little bit how your singing changes a little bit um and i think that you catch that but i think the intonation that's huge can they mm. just go up yes. and down five notes and keep it come back to the same dough essentially mm-hmm. like um and i'm gonna keep this completely anonymous also because i can't remember all their names yeah. but like i i had a few <laughs> people uh this past this past audition season um where uh, I would be playing with them and they would be sounding great and then I'd stop and they would literally go, ooh, bum, bum, ooh, bum, bum. They just ooh, held ooh. the note. And they just held the note. They like, they did not change it. And I was just like, wow, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. And like, it's, it's really weird because like, so it's great to have them sing a solo, um, of whatever song they want mm-hmm. because, you know, you get to hear their, their stylistic choices, uh, their, um, you know, yeah. confidence you get to hear, you know, whatever, but what kind of music they like, be, yeah, what kind of music they like, but that can be so deceiving because I had, there's yeah. this one guy that came in audition and he just destroyed, um, this rendition of, uh, Valerie. And it was like really, yep. really good. It was so good. It was like really creative. It was emotional. It was passionate. It was like, bam, dang, that's cool. But he had no idea how to read music. He, he wrote that on his little sheet. Um, and uh, when I was doing the thing, he was like trying to sing along, but he just like he couldn't keep up with it. He didn't know what I meant when I said sing it on whatever you want. He hardly knew what I meant when I said follow this. He, he, I did the yeah. old recall and he didn't do a single one. And it's just like, dang. That's crazy. Yeah. Just listen to you sing a solo. Yeah, because for for Timberman and we obviously had a really small pool of people to choose from because smaller groups, much smaller campus than CSU. But for us, it was the main things were I was okay if they couldn't read music, but if they could mm-hmm. sing in tune and hold their part, then yeah. and like sound good, those were the main things. If they could sight read, that was like I mean, if they could come in and sight read in the callback session, they were like definitely in. Uh, yeah. but if they can, if they couldn't just like, you, you know, there are plenty of people in choir who don't read music, like you were saying you didn't, but who still have just like, a just a sense of not even musical literacy, but just they're kind of acclimated to the musical environment in the sense that they understand mm-hmm. following pitches and they understand, okay, even though we're both singing this song, I'm singing a different part than you. And yeah. I agree in that I had a guy come in an audition and he's, was the president of the group, um, now. And he's great tenor voice and all this stuff. And he didn't really know how to, he still his struggles with reading music sometimes, but he like 
had a he just learned his part he had a recording of it and he came in and just sang it more in tune than other people who mm-hmm. could read music so i think that's a really there's all these when we're talking about auditions i think there's this kind of narrow view of like okay the if they hit these check marks then they're that means they are good but there's just yeah. like doing the tonal recall or doing the scales without playing with them and stuff like that there's ways to kind of go in through the back door poke holes or change up the dynamic and the paradigm and then you get to see you get a much more in-depth look at their musicianship and how well they'd fit for your group yeah Yeah. and you know like honestly so I, i agree with you on the fact that um it's just not that important if they can like sight read or not, or like if they mm-hmm. can like read music super well, like, that's just not that important because like the way that I run rehearsals is I don't necessarily just teach by rote, but like the, mm-hmm. I will take a lot of like the really hard stuff and I will teach it by rote. Like it, depending mm-hmm. on where it is, like I, I will do that. Like whatever. I'll just like play. It. I'll be like, this is how your part goes. Let's try to fit that together. Mm-hmm. Like, and then just do that. Like if like, I don't ever have them just like sight read and I'm just like, that's it. Like, cool. Like, yeah. You get sight read through it. I don't like, think we not, can be that yeah. greedy in a, I mean, just no. the fact is okay. we're not going to get a bunch of people who can sight read. And I, I'm glad that most acapella groups don't like, they hold that as like, that's an extra really cool thing, but mm-hmm. it's, I just don't think we can be that greedy and expecting all of our singers to be able to sight read perfectly. Yeah. Or even like somewhat. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I think that, so when, when you are deciding as a director, when you are deciding what you want to do in an audition, it's very important for you to not just do what other people tell you to do and not just yeah. like say like, well, this is what happened in my audition. Like think about what you really want. Think about yeah. what you need. Well, my biggest thing was obviously the ability to hold a tune, um, to mm-hmm. sing confidently, to have a good ear. And like, those are my main things. And so because yeah. of that, I, I didn't care about sight reading. I just didn't like, um, when I, when I teach rehearsals, I make sure that I give music out to people well in advance before the oh, they can yeah. come in. And so when, uh, when we were doing our callbacks, uh, we sent all the music through email yep. and we were like, please take a look at this before you come into callbacks. And so there wasn't even probably any sight reading involved. Everyone probably yeah. went home and looked at their part and yeah, came and in. That's, and that's what we did for choir that's all auditions. I about. Yeah. yeah. That's what we did mm-hmm. for choir auditions this year. And that makes sense to me because it's just sight reading is great. And I think if everyone can do it or has a pretty good sense of it, your group will overall be better, but it's um, I think it's better to try and grow that within the group or just like encourage like them to become better musicians outside of the group rather than like, if you don't hit this sight reading level, you're not in the group unless it's like, you know, a professional organization, then it's just, like I said, we can't be that greedy. And I just don't think it is quite, as integral to acapella as it is to um, uh, choir. Because for us, it wasn't really about even them learning how to sight read as much after they got in. It was just about them improving their musicianship and yeah. understanding how to, right. okay, this is how a fifth tunes and this is how thirds tune. And this is what happens. Like I said, I had a guy who could just hold like major and minor seconds, like perfectly in tune with me. And I had other people who were good musicians who just could not, who because of just how they learned music, even though they could read, uh, they can do it. I remember yeah. one thing um, that I, another student, or not another student, um, one of the other groups at my undergrad, their thing was they would do tonal memory and they found that, and this is probably true for me too, they found that the people who couldn't read music had better tonal memory because that's the only way they know how to learn it. Because that's how they learned, yeah. Yeah, I'm not great at tonal memory. I'm a very, I pass like four or five notes. I'm a very visual person and that's how I've always learned. So now I'm like really training myself like, okay, I need to develop better tonal memory and I'm sure I would have had better tonal memory had I just come from a different place musically. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. And I mean, like, honestly, when I was doing my auditions, I made sure I had oral recall because that's on it. That's one of the more important things in a rehearsal. Like if, if someone is trying to like sight read through a piece and they sight read something wrong and I'm like, it goes like this and I sing it and I'm like, sing it back and they can't sing it back. Then it's just like, well, crap. Now what? Yeah. That's yeah. And there's a certain, I think, level of like, okay, but can they go home and learn it really hard and put in a lot of work to right. learn it? But but then the kind of other side of that is, and this is what I've told to, we always, in my group, we always encourage everyone to take voice lessons and uh, go to the music theory tutor because we had a tutor in a piano lab and stuff to just mm-hmm. grow their musicianship and voice skills. And basically what I told them is, because like, like you're saying, there might be that person who can't sight read, but you tell them how it goes. And maybe they don't get it the first time, but maybe they come back next rehearsal and have it totally down pat i basically my pitch to those people was like okay you know you can do that and put in a ton of work and take a lot of time to really learn this or you can you can do that but you can try and grow your skills as a singer and as a musician through these ways and then you're not gonna have to put in as much time and work like insanely hard just to get a simple piece down yep yeah exactly no i i totally agree with all that so yeah that's kind of you know auditions are crazy important and i think just in every group you know i don't think a lot of groups I, I think i've seen most groups when they start they start just by choosing members rather than auditioning people because you it's kind of weird to audition for an organization that doesn't have history it doesn't fully exist yet uh but you mm-hmm. know auditions are at the kind of at the key of a lot of the stuff it's your starting point every year so i'm glad we talked about that and we are just about out of time on this week's episode josh thank you so much for coming on talk Appella. Yeah, thank you for having me. You are very welcome. So, Josh, if people want to get a hold of your group or see what you're all about, how could they do that? Yeah, sure. Uh, right now, we're we're still working on uh, getting our social media up and running, but we do have a Facebook page. That's just uh, B-A-S-S-I-C. That's basic. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have a Twitter page, at Basic Acapella, uh, spelled exactly how you might think. Um, and, uh, yeah, just Come and uh, come and follow us. Yeah, we post we post uh, videos of us rehearsing, videos of our showcase, uh, pictures, just like random things. Uh, yeah, come like us, come follow us. Boom. Uh, and then everyone, if you want to get a hold of me, you can tweet me at John Lampus, or if you want to tweet us at the station here at Ockerville Radio, just tweet us on Twitter at Ockerville Radio, and we're also on same thing on Instagram, and we're on Facebook, and it's really easy to get a hold of us. If you're interested in joining Ockerville or want to be on a Tacapella episode, please hit us up, and uh, we'll make it happen. So thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, with my buddy Josh Kolonievis, and for everything Acapella, stay tuned.